Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty on the Lake podcast. Uh, it's week four, Monday Night Football with the Rams and the Niners in the fourth quarter right now. Here with Joe and rejoined again this week by Ryan. Thanks for showing up tonight. And of the course. crowd goes wild. I'm sure everybody missed me last week. Don't worry, I'm here. Yeah. Ready to go. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to hear all of your hot takes tonight and looking forward to that. Um, so we're going to go through some matchups uh, as we usually do today. Um, we do have a new segment at the end of this show called the Supreme Court of Dynasty. Uh, so we'll touch on that more uh, at the end of the show here. Uh, we'll have a nice divisive argument on a couple of players on who we like more as the better dynasty asset. Uh, so that's, that should be fun to get into later in the show. Before we get into matchups, um, quick league update here. We had our first trade of any you know decent value go down this week in the league. Uh, we had Nick trade, Cordero Patterson, Devin Singletary, and a third. Next year for Isaiah Pacheco in two twenty twenty three seconds. What do you guys think of that one? I mean, before the injury, still, I still like Nick's side better. Nick's in a, Nick's got to rebuild, and those twenty twenty three seconds should be very valuable. I think it made sense for both teams, to be quite honest. Uh, the two teams that are in uh, kind of different positions. Uh, one would appear that they are looking towards the future to rebuild, so I can understand especially why Nick was willing to give up a couple of those players. Uh, Patrick is looking to compete. Um, as silly as that may sound, uh, he is going to compete, and uh, that made sense for him to go after those guys. So I, I completely get it, um, and I think it, that's an example of where a trade can work out for both teams. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Ryan. Uh, I, Pat had a hot start looking to add some running back depth. Uh, I think that made sense for him. Um yeah, I, we all kind of like Pacheco as a what-if guy, but, you know, if Nick's going on the rebuild route, that's a great guy to acquire along with those seconds uh, to see what happens. I mean, Patterson and Singletary, beyond this year, maybe, you know, maybe next year, There's I don't see much value for either of them, but they can definitely help anybody in a win-now scenario that needs running back depth. So, well, Patterson did get hurt. He uh, did get placed on IR today. I don't know if... This was related to injury at coming into the game, but didn't really get many specifics yet on why he was put on IR. But um, I guess that'll lead us into the injury updates for the week. So Patterson being one of them, that'll open up the door for some of these other running backs that, of course, looked good against the Browns yesterday. But um, Javante Williams, he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Good uh, luck, Javante Williams truthers at this point. Or, you uh, know, not... Uh, as a fellow truther, it hurt. But <laughs> oh, I bet now you got to wait another year. That's unfortunate. Yes. But uh, do you think um, is it gonna, is it going to be Melvin the the Melvin Gordon show over there? Or do you think they're gonna? They'll still. I think they'll still split the carries. Yeah. Look to okay. agree. Melvin they'll Gordon, Mike Boone, the most carries and opportunity, but they'll still roll other people in. Yeah, I mean, they weren't playing Gordon after he fumbled yesterday until no, yeah. Javante got hurt. Mike Boone came in before him. So, who knows? And they just signed Latavius Murray. I think it's going to be an ugly backfield that you don't really want to count on anyone Don't there. want a piece of. But uh, Jonathan Taylor, he hurt his ankle. At first, it was reported as a high ankle sprain, but then reports today were that it was not as serious as originally thought. Potentially, he can play this week, but they play Thursday night, so he might miss a week, maybe two. 
Um, so we'll see more on that. Ryan, I know you're a little hurt by uh, Traylon Burke's turf toe. Yeah, I don't think that's good. I think that's going to potentially linger. I think you were, yeah. we were just talking about this. You were saying you expect two to four weeks. I was reading that this could be something that bothers him yeah, he the could rest play, of the season. He could be and playing he could through be, it, but... You know, you know, limited in, in throughout the rest of the season. So it doesn't, it's not a good. AJ Green, AJ Green dealt with like turf toe a couple yeah. years, didn't he? And like he had a that real was something down that he had a hard year, time, real down year. Yeah. Got, he, uh, recovering from. Yeah. He, he missed a couple games. He, but then he was able to play through the pain, but yeah, turf toe, it's never a good injury, especially for a receiver who needs to be able to cut on that foot. Yeah. Well, I mean, good. at least you're not relying on him for points now. Right. Anyways. No, I was trying to use him as a trade trip though, or trade chip. And it's going to get a little harder now if he's not out there oh, doing something. It's just a little cheaper now. <laughs> oh, good for everyone else. <laughs> Wonderful. A um, couple other injuries. John Dotson, he left the game early yesterday uh, with a hamstring issue. Um, he, was, he wasn't doing much yesterday, but, I mean, overall he's been pleasant surprise uh, start to the rookie year, but he, sh- he will probably miss a couple weeks with that hamstring. Uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, left the game early yesterday with a foot injury. Um, he, no no clear timetable yet. They said he was day-to-day, so he could be back this week, but um, they could be down their top receiver there. And then, of course, Tua on Thursday night football with that ugly concussion. He's already ruled out week five, and it's not going to surprise me if he's out for at least a month or so, especially after – I mean, I don't know how they didn't – say that he had a concussion the Sunday before um, in that game against Buffalo, but um, ugly situation there for sure. Um, on the plus side, though, or at least for Tyreek Hill, he, he was he looked like he had some chemistry and was, you know, get, getting open and getting some looks from Teddy Bridgewater and downfield too. So He didn't look terrible. Yeah, might, might not hurt the surrounding pieces quite as much as we think it might. But, uh, but that's all I got on injury updates or notable injuries from week four. Uh, so let's get into our matchups um, for the week in the league. Joe, do you want to start with the Matt Bowl? The Matt Bowl, Matt Recito, Matt Silvestro. Sure. Better Call Hall has a 134-point <clears throat> total, and Recito has 115 and I think Matt Rosito is not coming back. He's got Stafford still going, but there's only two minutes left, so I think we could play, say that that's a lock. Uh, Matt with another Rosito with another loss. Uh, Silvestro with his first win, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, bad week. Uh, Damian Pierce, though, had another great week. 14 carries, 131 yards, one touchdown, six for eight. Six catches for eight yards on six targets. I mean, that was phenomenal. This dude is just balling out to start the season now, and they are feeding him. Uh, Hall looked good again. He just keeps getting better and better week by week. Mike Evans had a monster game. Uh, 33 points, 8 for 103, two touchdowns, 10 targets. Uh, Dotson, before he got hurt, had was having a great game too, 13 points. Uh, 3 for 43 on four targets. And, you know, on his bench, he did have Pickens, who had a great game. He had uh, 6 for 102 on 8 targets, so that was awesome to see. Always like seeing these rookies produce. On uh, Rosito's team, 
Uh, Stafford's going to end up probably with less than 10 points, so that's not a great showing there. Uh, Marquise Brown had a good game, 20.8. He was 6 for 88, one touchdown at 11 targets, so he got he saw a lot of opportunity. Devontae Smith had a real down week after that monstrous game. I think I think you can kind of expect that to go back and forth between the receiving options on Philadelphia. The weather there in Philly was rough yesterday, too. It was like a constant downpour, it looked like. That's not going to help. Yeah, watching that game, so yeah, obviously it doesn't help. DK Metcalf had a great game, 7 for 149 on 10 targets. Mike Williams, we saw a good Mike Williams this week. Productive Mike Williams, 7 for 120 on 11 targets. And, uh, you know, Matt's got Jared Goff on the bench. He scored 36 points, and it's funny to chuckle at, but, you know, the, the Lions offense... They have the number one ranked offense through four they weeks. They look good. But the 32nd ranked defense. That's fantastic for fantasy. That's, exa- yeah, that's exactly what you want for fantasy I mean, I'd, I'd be starting golf if I had them. I mean, <laughs> that offense is just firing on all cylinders. But, yeah, tough tough matchup for Matt. And I think Matt's got to take a good uh, – Rosito's got to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror. Try to figure out what he's doing this year. Hopefully trading me his players. <laughs> Why, you want Dalvin Cook back? Uh, no, but I would take Mark Andrews back. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, I might have made the right uh, decision to sell there. I don't know, you think Pickens keeps it up? I mean, somebody said on this podcast like the last two weeks that, you know, these receivers might get more valuable on uh, Pittsburgh when their quarterback gets in there. I'm just saying. Already had a good week. Well, somebody else said on this podcast that George Pickens was possibly one of the best receivers coming out of this draft. He just fell in love with him. Oh, and look at him now. Got that Blindly in love, yes. Blindly in love, yeah. There he is performing. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens with Pickens. I mean, it's it was definitely encouraging. Uh that Pickett looked better than Trubisky. I mean, it was probably hard to look worse. I don't but... know that you could look much worse. Ryan and I talked about this yesterday. I think we did. Uh Damian Pierce, the draft rookie draft was today. Where is he going in rookie draft? Back half of the first. Top half of the first. I'd you see need him in the middle of the it first It is so round, hard probably. to find running backs you get production out of. I think it goes top In half. our league, maybe, uh, with the where there's an emphasis on running backs. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, personally, I would be taking Brees Hall, Garrett oh, Wilson, yeah. Drake London, Olave. I'm, I, I'm seeing Burks. him as like a seven or eighth pick, though. I'd see I him. Can see five, yeah, I'd say mid, like five, seven, five like, to seven. I'd say like that seven to ten range, probably seven to eight. probably more like seven or eight, but really climbing though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. where do you go? I think 2.01 in our yeah. league, in our draft. Uh, two point. No, he went uh, 2.04. 204, I think. Yeah, I think Dotson went 201, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Yeah, um, he's definitely, you know, he busted out that big 75-yard run and it led to a big game for him yesterday. Yeah, he looks good. Really happy I drafted Rashad White over him. Really that. I, I mean, we'll get to Rashad we'll get to White. That. We but, can get to that, but I mean, he didn't look bad himself. But no, he did not. Nah, uh, he was more involved. Do you guys see uh, DK Metcalf get carted off the field only to use the restroom and then come back? Yeah, bold strategy. You gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he tweeted later on that day, uh, yesterday, that the clench walk wasn't gonna make it. So. <laughs> There, there was some injury concern for a few minutes, and then we saw him, you saw him back in there. And that I'm was guessing he probably case. didn't was... make it, and in order not to embarrass him, they said just sit down. <laughs> sit, sit in your I mouth. mean, yeah, yeah. You, you could see those streaks through those neon green pants, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so are we moving over to my matchup? Yeah, let's get into yours. All right, so this is 
my team uh, versus probably the one of the worst teams in the league currently. Um, this is injured reserves team um, who has changed his team name from whatever it was previously. Spiller Light. Spiller Light. Um, however, so uh, injured's team is just that. It's injured. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, issues here with players staying healthy. Uh, you know, the big one this week was uh, Tua uh, going down with that scary injury, and we all hope that he's going to be all right. But that really, you know, hurt uh, injured's team here. Um, other than that, not a lot to talk about. Not a lot of players doing much for him. Uh, Najee Harris having kind of a, a down game there, or at least without the touchdown, without getting any, any targets in the passing game. Um one thing of note, I guess, Darnell Mooney uh, kind of came alive here for four receptions of 94 yards this week. Um, I'm sure that's probably nice to see for people that drafted him. Um, another thing of note I would say about his team is, is Kyle Pitts, just another kind of dud. So, you know, we're, we're three of three duds out of the first four weeks now. Um, if you're looking to sell him injured, you know, I'd love to take him off your hands. Um, but yeah, that's not helping him out either there. So, uh, my team almost doubled his points. Uh, not super hard to do, uh, <laughs> with the amount of points he scored. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, thing of note on my team is Austin Eckler decided to come alive and, and show us, you know, the Austin Eckler of, of last year. Uh, so, you know, he had 13 rushes, 60 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He also had some catches. Uh, and another uh, receiving touchdown, I think, later on in the game, uh, towards the end there. So he did really well. Um, kind of got some consistency out of out of A.J. Brown. He had another five for 95 yards there. Um, Jerry Judy, who we'll get to later on, uh, played as, about as well as you can with Russell Wilson over there. Uh, four for 53 and, and a receiving touchdown. I think Cortland Sutton had a similar stat line. Um but yeah, not a whole lot to talk about on my team. Uh, uh, I got the win. I will say Pat Fryermuth Fre- uh, looks good. I think he was he had the most targets on the team with eight. He had seven receptions for eighty five yards. Um, feeling okay about him. I think he's trying to. Uh, the last time I checked, uh, eke his way into the top five tight ends. I think he's sitting at number six on the year right now. Uh, so definitely happy with that. Um, just a couple bench notes. Uh, Rashad White. Finally, finally got some opportunity, it looked it looked like, this week. Uh, only three rushes for six yards, but he did manage to get the rushing touchdown. Um, and he also had five receptions for 50 yards. Did lose a fumble early on in the game, um, but that didn't seem to stop the coaching staff from looking to utilize his talents. And, uh, you know, one you know, one more, couple more word, uh, notes then on the bench but there for my team. Uh, Alec Pierce, uh, another... Another solid week. I think he had three for 60 last week. Uh, and he had four for 80 this week. So, uh, you know, expecting him to continue uh, to improve. And then also Romeo Dubs. Um, kind of a kind of a low stat line. You know, I wish I would have been here last week to to talk about him, you know. I don't think we mentioned him once last week. Seven for, oh. uh, what, 83 and a touch last week? No, eight, eight for 73. 73 and a touch last week. Eight of eight, by the way. So he looked really good. He had 5 for 47 this week and a rushing touchdown. One fumble lost. Need to work on that. But uh, 
big, big drop in the in the end zone. I think was it like a forty yard touchdown that he forty or fifty went yards. through his hands. The end of the game, he catches that. You know, well, yeah, just, yeah, he hit the ground and then he just couldn't hold on to it. After the ground jarred it out. I'll yeah. be honest, he catches that. I'm not here tonight. I've probably been drinking, celebrating for the last three days. So, celebrating a guy that you didn't have the balls to start. My my, my boy Romeo Dobbs, uh, you know, you ever, really you coming ever, along. You ever gonna start him or just talk about him? I actually had him in my starting. I switched him off for Judy at the last second. Um, uh, you probably should have switched out Juju. Yeah, but yeah, that could be a. Uh, That'll be interesting, but uh, yeah. So that's kind of what happened with my uh, my week this week. So yeah, uh, going back to injured reserves, Spiller Lights team. Like I would not want to be a quarterback on his team because <laughs> oh, yeah. Dak got hurt week one, out for what six weeks, four four to six weeks. Trey Lance breaks his ankle week two. Out for almost the entire season. To a uh, week three and four gets concussed. He's, yeah, he's setting up perfectly to get that one on one though. Does he, he have another have, start? He doesn't have another startable quarterback. No, nah, he's going to have to pick up. Like, I think Geno Smith might be a free agent in our league, actually. But um, I'm sure there's somebody out there he can pick up. Yeah, um, but he's Bridgewater's yeah. probably out there. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sure is out there. So he'll have options for some scraps. Kirk Cousins for Kyle Pitts injured. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and go, going to your boy Alec Pierce, I do want to note he only played forty four percent of the snaps yesterday too. So well, I don't think that matters much. I think it's more of a. I think uh, four for one. The, there was a defender who like fell down on one of his big oh, catches, but on one of his just, big catches, it's it's weird because he's a rookie in his only big catch, fourth yes. game. Yeah, and uh, it last. Yeah, it, I'm seeing improvement. Was he's he, a sixty yeah, improvement. and four sure. for eighty. Okay. You're not praising him. I'm like expecting you're Dobbs, I'm expecting I guess. five for a hundred and a touch next week. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but you did text me saying that Alec Pierce is going to be the number one. Is the number he one? He is there. the one A now. Over okay, I, yes. well, I was just doing that to obviously with his. What is it? Um, Who was the number one in twenty nine out of sixty six snaps? How the number one do over there this past week? Michael Pittman over. Oh there. no, that wasn't the number one this week. No, no, I don't even know. Was he the number three this week? <laughs> I mean, he played all but like two snaps. What happened so, yeah, to him? He's the number one. His guys must be standing up on the field, not falling down. Is that how we judge it after I mean, each week's stat line? Let's be real here, though. Mo Ali Cox with a monster game. He's on my bench. You think I feel safe starting him? Absolutely no, not. Absolutely he'll score, he'll score, score zero the next three See, games. The Colts have been rotating all three of their tight ends. Yeah. So you, I mean, last no, week, Jelani you. Woods got the touchdown. All, right, well, all I'm going to yeah. say is Michael Pittman's the veteran. My guy is in his, in his fourth game as a rookie, and he put up four for 80. Give the guy a credit. Yeah, credit that's a good game. Yes. He's going to continue to improve, and he's going to... Be the game. 1B to Michael Pittman's 1A until Michael Pittman's old and isn't over there anymore, and Alec Pierce takes over. Sounds like a great pipe dream. It's funny. I mean, we'll get into this more. Uh, I'll, I'll save my stat nugget for our argument on Judy at the end. I'd love to hear your stat nugget. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm more of a fundamentals guy. I see with my eyes. The eye test? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anything? Anything? You have anything else on, on that matchup, Joe? Any of those players? Mario Cooper, that... Had to hurt. I mean, I know you won it easily, Ryan, but that still is not promising to see after, you know, he just hot game, cold game, hot game, cold game. I mean, that's that's who he's been his whole career. That's how I, I was going like. to say he's boomer bust. Once we get Deshaun Watson back, we can start to maybe uh, for review him in a different in a different light. But I don't think that review is going to come until next year just because Watson's been out for so he's long. A, he's, a, he's a wide receiver too right now. He is, I think, the 20th overall wide receiver on the year. Yeah, that's about right. So, two, I mean, he's... Two I don't know that you can ask much more games. of him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That, that, that is what he is. You're going to have to live with the lows and enjoy the highs. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm okay with that. 
Man, I cannot believe how bad Pitts has been this year. Atlanta completed seven passes in that game against the Browns. I mean, and they didn't. They won. They didn't need to pass it because Browns couldn't stop the yeah, run. Yeah, but this isn't the only game that Kyle Pitts. I, no, has I not agree. Been in this the game script. This this one is the one you can't put too much on the coaching because they didn't need to pass. No, Browns couldn't stop the run. All right, let's get into the next matchup, which is my team at uh, who went to four zero, beating Nick Nick's team uh, by a score of one eighty to one fifteen. Uh, my team, pretty much all around, did what I expected. Uh, I think that's the most points in the league again this week, so I was happy to see that. Nice humble brag. Me, 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 me. <laughs> well, when we... Hey, listen, we... This is it. why I didn't want to talk about our teams every week, because that would be what it turned it's all right. into. We saw this last year. You got it all out of your system early. We'll see, but... It choked when it's it the bye weeks. It's the bye weeks he's got to worry about. Yeah. Josh, Josh Allen had a bad passing game, but still good enough to finish his QB6 on the week with 70 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Derrick Henry looked good back-to-back weeks, over 100 yards this week. Uh, the receiving game is the most encouraging thing there. Last week, I think he had five for 52 receiving. This week, he had another three for 33 on five targets. So that hopefully that's a trend for him going forward, and that'll increase his value significantly if so. Um, Devontae Adams, uh, he had a couple weeks where he didn't look too great the last two weeks, I think it was. Uh, since week one, he had, he didn't have a good game, but yesterday he went over 100 yards. Nine for 101 uh, on 13 targets and was the wide receiver seven. Overall, the Raiders' offense just looked a lot better yesterday, too, uh, for the first time since week one. So that was good to see for anybody who's starting any Raiders. Uh, Tyreek Hill went for 10 for 160 on Thursday Night Football on 14 targets, uh, finishing as the wide receiver three on the week. Uh, and Travis Kelsey last night on Sunday Night Football. He had a big game, 9 for 92 and a touchdown. Uh, led the team with 10 targets. Uh, the the Chiefs offense was rolling uh, back to its normal self last night, it seemed. Um, unlike the week before where they lost to the Colts. Uh, Kelsey was a tight end three on the week. Uh, I did have Jamal Williams on my bench. I I mean, I really wanted to start him, but I just... I had nowhere I, I had nobody I can bench for Jamal Williams, so I had to leave him there. But he did have a good game, nineteen for one hundred eight, and another two rushing touchdowns. He leads the league in rushing touchdowns with six right now. Um, so yeah, twenty seven point game from him. Uh, Next team, uh, one encouraging sign I guess. Tom Brady looked better. He had twenty eight plus fantasy points, three hundred eighty five yards passing, and three touchdowns. He had his receivers back. Yeah. Having the receivers back helps a lot. Um, a lot of that was kind of garbage time, though, in the, in the second half there. The Chiefs were up pretty sizable most of the game. Uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, three rushes, negative three yards. Not great there, but he did have seven for 57 in a receiving touchdown. Uh, you know, As Ryan mentioned on his team, Rashad White was, he had a decent game, and he was more involved than he has been. He was getting a drive at a time here and there where he pretty much played the entire drive. So we'll have to monitor that. That could be more of a split moving forward uh, instead of Fournette dominating as he has been, you know, the first three games. Uh, Brandon Cooks finally found the end zone this year and had a decent fantasy output, uh, 7 for 57 and a touchdown. Finished as receiver 14 on the week. 
And Alan Lazard uh, with a with a big game as the number one receiver for the Packers, six for one sixteen on eight targets. Uh, Deontay Johnson only two for eleven, rushing and receiving. Uh, he was not a beneficiary of Pickens coming in. Pickens seemed to be more focused on uh, Firemuth and Pickens. Did, did I call him Pick? Did I call yeah. Pickett Pickens? Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be. Uh, Probably won't be the first time I do that with Pickett going in there. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he caught a ball in the second, or he, he didn't catch a ball in the first half. But both of his catches were in the second half with Pickett. It's still only two for eleven for Deontay. Um, yeah, and Nick does have Pickett on the bench too, but um, you know I don't see him starting him over Brady ever. And he does have Godwin, uh, who made his return as well. Uh, he had a solid game. Kind of eased back in, but finished with seven for fifty nine receiving. Positive to see. Yeah, positive. He did briefly leave the game for a little bit. It looked like he might have gotten hurt again, but he came back in, so nothing to worry about there. Uh, any other notes you guys have on either team? Not no. for me. Nope. All right, let's keep it rolling then, Joe, and uh, let's hear about your matchup. All right, this week I was playing uh, Ryan McKeaton's team. And I walked away with the win on that one, 167 to 56. He's competing, isn't he? Sure is. Okay. I mean, it helps when, you know, that those London games are on early and he leaves Kamara in his lineup. Who's he going to put in for Kamara? Look at his helps bench. Helps when he gets negative <laughs> one on Melvin, uh, out of Melvin Gordon, too. Was he going to start? Uh, nobody. Deontay Hardy, who would have lost him points? <laughs> well, it no, he went, well, it's he hard to start, start anybody base. off your bench when 90% of it is free agents. <clears throat> Oh, we'll get there. Uh, A.J. Dillon uh, was not the winner of the battle of running backs in Green Bay this week. Barkley had a nice game, though. 146 rushing, 2 for 16 on two targets. I think Daniel Jones ran two in, so that was a little heartbreaking to see that, but whew, Barkley looks good. Higgins, uh, 28.4. Chase had a quiet game at 12. I mean, they're just double and triple teaming Chase, leaving uh, Higgins and Hurst and... Boyd is the beneficiaries of that. I don't know if they're going to keep doing that all year. Uh, Kirk had a low-scoring low game, but he had a ton of targets, so that should bounce back. Hawkinson had an absolute monstrous game. Hopefully it's his coming out party, but it also helps, I guess, when the two other receiving options and yeah. the star, one of the star running backs are out. But he was uh, 8 for 179, two touchdowns on 12 targets. Monstrous game. That's the best game of his career. Yeah, That will be the best game of his career. Most likely, yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that would be the that would be the best game for most players' career. Well, I think yeah, I think that'd be yeah, phenomenal. I That's mean, the best, yeah. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, Dobbins found the end zone. He was on my bench, but uh, he did find the end zone for the first time this year. Twice, twice, thirteen rushes, only forty-one yards, but a touchdown. And surprisingly, he uh, his other his first touchdown came on a what, one-yard pass. It was like a little shovel pass, inside shovel pass. That's yeah. an extra point, though. Yeah. So that was positive to see. I did start Garrett Wilson, which, you know, hindsight, trying to pick one of these rookies. And Olave ended up having the better game, even with uh, Dalton at quarterback. Olave, four for 67, one touchdown on seven targets. Uh, we touched Moelle Cox earlier. Uh, James Robinson had a low game. Melvin Gordon with minus 1.2. Diggs had a quiet game. Lockett had an okay game at 13. 
Uh, he did start Dalton Schultz, and he went 0 for 3. He got goosed. It was a real bad week for McKeaton's team. Oh, yeah. Did, would he have 56 points? 56 you could have started points. three guys off your bench, nobody mm-hmm. else, and still beaten McKeaton's team. <laughs> I mean, you could have started J.K. Dobbins, who's on your bench, Chris Olave, and Mo Alley Cox. Nobody else and beat McKean's team. Your yeah. team is garbage. This is an all-time for, like, bad week. This is Your team is terrible. Uh, on his taxi squad, I believe, is Mr. Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's coming oh, he's he, all in the news. He was in the news. Did you see what happened with Antonio Brown in Dubai? Yeah, I did. <laughs> we can we can talk about it. Great blur job, whoever decided to blur that image out. Uh, yeah, you still saw that everything. I mean, what the hell was that? Did you did you see the video too? Like in the article where he was like putting his bare ass in that lady's face like twice, and then he like spiked S- her into the water. Sexual assault, but all right. <laughs> well, Dubai has different laws. I, I, I mean, don't yeah, know. they, they I cut your dick stricter, off. Yeah. <laughs> stricter, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was something. But he's in the news, so he's right. Yeah, and, so. and then he then he posted something on Instagram of him and uh, Giselle. I saw that. Yeah, uh, that was after weird. a Super Bowl yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah, he's coming back any day, I think. I can see why he's got him on. <laughs> I, I tend to force are lining up to get him, yeah. yeah. yeah any day. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this team. This might be McKeaton's window to try to get something for Melvin Gordon. I didn't think that window would ever be there at this point. But with Javante out the rest yeah, of the year. could be. But what do you think he does, like, every day before he... Do you think he looks at his team? Do you think he... No. Thinks about his team. Do you think? I think he, he looks at it Saturday and sets his lineup and hopes for the best. Because I mean, do you think he watches football? Do you think he even realizes that half of his team isn't on an actual NFL team? I think so. I would love to. I'd love to get him on the show and talk to him because I would love to know the thinking behind this young man's. You just you just want strategy. to embarrass him, basically, yes. for having this. I mean, team. honestly, shame is the only way you're going to get like anything across to this to this team. And this team's owner. So yeah, those are my thoughts. All right, maybe yeah. Ask you should reach out. I will to him. reach hey, out to him. See if you come sh- on the show, so I can publicly, embarrass you. Publicly yes. shame you. I'm sure he'll be on next week. Now I don't doubt it. I mean, I'd love to hear his, his case for why he thinks he's going. You guys, you guys got anything to add? No, no, Joe. You you had yeah. I mean, three guys on your bench that scored like twenty plus points. Yeah, you, your your team was. Uh, yeah, I have nothing to add. Yeah, your team put up a great week. Cool. The Keaton's team went put up the worst week in the season for any team, I think, thus far. Um, but yeah, I mean, your team... I almost tripled them in points. Yeah, your your team's yeah in fine shape here. Uh, Bengals' you know, offense finally seems to be getting better, too. So yeah, they've possible. gotten better each week. Uh, that's I, have, sure. I, would, I would be concerned that teams are comfortable just uh, double, double and triple teaming one of those receivers and allowing them to try to beat them with... Uh, the other receiver and tight end. They played some tough defenses to start the year too, though. So uh, yeah, that should ease up. And yeah, I don't think I don't think he's, they're not going to be elite. Yeah. But I just you know I think those games will be more common than not. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So we want we want to move on to yeah. Let's get into what's your other one? German Wonderkind versus Shark Attack. So God, Kevin and Ozzy won. Uh, yeah, 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 this one just came down to Sunday night football. So German Monday night football. Yeah, shocker. Looks, lost. Just uh, by about three points, so that's unfortunate. His first loss of the year. He's he was a three zero team. He will now be three one. Um, Cooper Cup came up big for him again. Fourteen receptions for one hundred twenty twenty or one hundred twenty two yards. Um, Jonathan Taylor did not come up big for him. Uh, that injury uh, kind of limited him to 
just a couple points there. He had a fumble lost, one reception for one yard, and then he had 20 carries for 42 yards. Um, Debo Samuel, though, had himself a game uh, just now. So six receptions, 115 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, unfortunately, uh, it, it wasn't good enough here. So, um, Yeah, outside of his guys going tonight, because he had Higby with the big game, too. He left Miles Sanders on his bench. Uh, 27 for 134 and two rushing touchdowns, two receptions, 22 yards. I think, you know, you start him over Tyler Conklin. Yeah. I think you, I don't, I don't know what the decision. That, that was an interesting move. The yeah. decision was there to start two tight ends and not go with, uh, Miles Sanders. But, uh, this is one he should have won in my opinion. Just, uh, but, uh, looking to Ozzy's team, Ozzy and Kevin's team, dual ownership over here. Um, they got a good game out of out of Christian McCaffrey. Um, eight rushes for 27 yards, but he did have nine receptions for 81 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, and then uh, the surprise of the, the week, quite honestly, for me, I know they were playing a team that <laughs> Detroit tends to, to allow running backs to do this to them, but 17 rushes for 151 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and one reception for six yards out of uh, Rashad Penny. I had him in a, another league. I sat him. Didn't really think something like this could happen. Um, but he suddenly looks uh, usable. Um, and then, you know, kind of a dud out of Jalen Waddle this week uh, with everything going on over there in Miami. Uh, just the two receptions for 39 yards. Um, and, and really not much going on with their bench. Um, this... It was a close, probably the, the closest matchup of the week. Um, congratulations to Ozzy and Kevin. You guys get to live another live another week. And they get to two to and two. Fantasize about being competitive. Uh, German, I'm sorry, you should be four zero. Don't know what you were thinking with Tyler Conklin uh, over Miles Sanders, but thoughts. It was DJ Moore week. Six for fifty, big game. Oof. Best game of the year. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I mean... At least you didn't start Baker this week, Ozzy and Kevin, like they have been. I would put German's team right up there, uh, I mean, depending on what happens with a couple of these guys, right up there with yours and Joe's team. Like, I think he's probably the third. I agree, he's definitely up there. Um, So for him to have this kind of week... Yeah, he had a Monra out this week. German, if you don't want Miles Sanders, I'll I'll take him off your hands. I'm looking for startable running back. Um, Yeah, so... Ah, their flex plays are just so such stretches on kind of Nazi team. Oh yeah. I mean they have to try to rely on Boyd. That's that's a rough place to yeah, be. I mean who else who else Jeff Jeff Wilson they probably should be starting, but I was surprised they didn't. But I mean other than that, they're I mean, really there's nobody else on, on that know. roster you can be starting and with any sense of comfortability. Yeah. Agreed. Anything else? No, uh, let, let's get into the last matchup of the week. Uh, and this was Pat, who fell to 2-2 two and two against The Rising, who comes in at 3-1 and one now. Um, the Rising wins in another close matchup, 122-115. Uh, to 115. Uh, Starting with Pat's team, uh, Lamar with a down game, uh, coming off a of back-to-back 40-point games, only puts up 13 fantasy points. Uh he did have 70 rushing yards uh, again, so that's, he's still getting it done there, but only 144 passing. Um, Josh Jacobs with a monster game. 
28 for 144 on the ground with two touchdowns. Uh, and then the receiving work was there for him this week too, five for 31 on six targets. And for the first time this year, he really dominated the backfield shares. Uh, 67 to 75 snaps he played, which is huge for him. And he is the RB1 on the week. Uh, C.D. Lamb, he had another great, good game this week. Six for 97 and a touchdown. Led the team with seven targets. Uh, with Gallup back this week, too. Um, back-to-back weeks is the top 10 receiver for C.D. Lamb. Uh, Drake London, we mentioned it with Pitts, but Atlanta completed seven passes, so only two for 17 for Drake London. Um most concerning, not I don't know about concerning. It's good to have this problem, I guess. But he had a he had a few guys on his bench that I probably would have put in over Tony Pollard, who he started, who finished with eight rushes for six yards and one catch for two yards. Um, he had Clyde edwards alaire on the bench. Um, he had nineteen for ninety two uh, and a rushing touchdown, and then another receiving touchdown. Um, he's RB ten on the week, and he's RB five actually on the season. Um, I, I mean, I think all of us could agree we probably would have been playing him over Pollard. Yeah. Uh, did Did you see his receiving touchdown in that game last night where Mahomes just, like, was spinning around at, like, the two-yard line and just, like, shot put the ball up yeah. in the air? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, couldn't have a laugh when I saw Our that. other league mate actually just called me and complained about that today, that he doesn't like uh, – he doesn't like Mahomes because Mahomes doesn't play football the way he's oh, supposed to. He doesn't like. Let me that. guess who this was. Yeah, you know, because he because yeah, he tossed the pass like that. I don't know if it cost him in another league or something. But he was. He doesn't like like the weird angle. He doesn't passes. like the weird angle passes. Not a fan. Doesn't think people should be able to do that. <laughs> you got to play like it's nineteen ninety five. Oh God! Uh, but no, and then Pat also had Singletary on the bench. He dominated that the backfield too there for the first time this year. Fifty five out of sixty three snaps. Um, in a decent fantasy game uh, with 11.6. Then Ramondre Stevenson uh, with a solid 13 points. Him and Damian Harris, it's pretty even still between the two of them, but they're running the ball so much, especially with backup quarterbacks in, so that should he should be startable as a flex play with, with a level of comfortability there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to note those three running backs. He did trade for Singletary and Patterson this week. He started Patterson actually, uh, who was okay, but, uh, he's going to have those tough decisions. I think each week on which of those running backs to plug in. Yeah, I think, uh, I would agree that I don't understand what he was thinking with, uh, CEH on the bench there. No idea. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge CEH believer, but until he proves me wrong, I would have went with him. I'd keep starting him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would definitely would have started him over Pollard. So, um, you know, don't, you can't play me every week, Pat. So, you know, your team's not going to go back to real life and start putting up 110 points a week. So, <laughs> yeah, Sim- similar to German winter kind this week. I think a lineup decision cost him a potential win there. Um, okay. Well, that's it for the matchups, but before we get into our, our new segment, nothing to mention on the Risings team. Should we mention Oh, shit, you're right. Go ahead. Uh, Fuck his team. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> I do have notes on that. I just skipped over it. Okay, Nick Chubb, uh, he, had, he had another big game. 118 rushing yards and a touchdown. 23.7 fantasy points. 
He's been a top 15 running back every week this season, uh, so that's good consistency. He's got to be a top five running back on the year so far. RB1. Okay. On the I'm year. Like he's, he has a few to, points ahead of Saquon. Okay. Yep. Uh, Joe Mixon, he dominated the usage with you know 24 carries, but only 61 yards to show for it. They get a rushing touchdown, which helped the week out. Um, I mean, he, they're using him a shitload every week. He's he just, just not efficient. Not going to get done. A lot of that is their O-line. So, I mean, they need to get it to get I mean, that's what, that's what happens when you yeah. take Jamar Chase uh, last year. I mean, that wasn't the whole argument there that they should have taken I mean, an offensive tackle? They went I to mean, the Super Bowl, so I don't know if that's really a valid I, argument anymore. I, I don't know. I think you're starting to see the line uh, have some issues. I think maybe yeah. they were able to cover it up last year, but... Uh, I mean, they made a couple free agent signings this year on the line to help improve it, but just hasn't panned out they, yet. They just just getting, hasn't panned been, out yet. It's been getting be better. Uh huh. I just I think this is what people were talking about last year, and I think maybe it just took a a year for it to yeah see it. But uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, you're good. Um, Gabe Davis, he's out there running wind sprints a lot. Uh, Forty two <laughs> routes run, but only one catch for thirteen yards on three targets. He isn't. He's probably not one hundred percent yet. He, Came back from missing last week with an ankle injury, but um, obviously not what you expect there. Justin Jefferson back to his normal self, 10 for 147, and a rushing touchdown on a little three-yard sweep play um, in London yesterday. So uh, good to see him get back on track. And he is the wide receiver one on the week. And then uh, Dallas Goddard, been very consistent this year, 5 for 72 yesterday. Uh, he's had between 9 and 13 points every week so far this year. So, you know, low-end tight end one, consistency from him. And that's He is hoarding some quarterbacks on his team. Yeah, so I, that was the other thing I was going to mention on his bench. So he had Derek Carr, who got him 11.5 points. Uh, he could have started three other quarterbacks who would have done, done better for him. But, uh, yeah, he's got Daniel Jones, Mariota, Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson – he also has Jimmy Garoppolo too, so he has six. You know, well, mid. Well, Carr's probably a high end QB two, but these other guys want low to low end QB twos. Derek Carr is probably who I would have started there. Right. I mean, it's probably hard not to start Carr over these guys, but a lot, a lot of mid quarterbacks there. Yeah, a lot of roster spots for just quarterbacks. Yeah, you can only start one. Eh, maybe uh, he's ready for Superflex. Spiller Light slash Injured Reserve might be calling for like, uh, somebody to put in the starting lineup for a few weeks. All right. Uh, rookies on the week. Top five rookies Damian Pierce, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Rashad White. His first appearance as a top five rookie, and then Brees Hall. And year to date, Olave is currently the top rookie. Damian Pierce right behind him. Followed by Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Brees Hall. Any uh, any rookie thoughts that we might not have mentioned yet? Those are all the rookies up. I would expect yeah. to be in there. Just funny though, too. Like these guys are producing and going into this year, like oh, it's such a down year. You got to wait for twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, that's. I, I think you can take that and should have bought up all the picks he could. Yeah, I think you can kind of take that with a grain of salt at this point. I think people got too hung up on the 2023 class. And I think the high-end talent is going to be better next year. Didn't realize that the 2022 class I know class it's especially for Superflex it's supposed to be talent. really deep. Yeah, I mean with the quarterbacks, I mean the quarterbacks this year were all Yeah, the quarterbacks this year were trash. Like Kenny Pickett wasn't a first-round no. pick in Superflex leagues in rookie drafts. No, but I think you're going to have some some solid wide receivers 
and even a couple running backs for years to come out of this. Yeah, you have some solid players for sure. I just think the high, there's going to be some higher end talent next year. I think George Pickens going to get high end talent for years and years to come. I know you do. Right? Along with Romeo Dubs. This is not Ryan's rookie corner. We, we, I don't have George Pickens. I'm just saying. I think uh, we're well aware of your love for Pickens. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Pickens, he looked good yesterday. So we'll see what happens. See if him and Pickett uh, continue that chemistry moving forward. I mean, I assume Pickett's going to be the guy. So I, I don't know how he can go back to Mitch. So um, Also, I have some surprise year-to-date guys that are top 12 at their position this year that we might not have thought uh, coming into the year. Quarterback, Jared Goff and Geno Smith, QB5 and QB9, respectively. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody's really comfortable. So, I mean, I know you mentioned you would start Goff. You feel comfortable starting Goff in leagues. After, uh, I mean, I have him in a two-quarterback well, two quarterback, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, do I feel – I mean, I would – it's been four weeks. I mean, yeah, I probably would start to feel comfortable at this point depending on who you're starting him over. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you have one of the top five, six, seven guys, eight guys. I mean, yeah. would you feel comfortable starting him over Russell Wilson? Uh, no, I would still start Russell Wilson over him. I'd probably start Goff. I think I'd start Goff at this point over Russell Wilson. To be I mean, honest. Russ looked better yesterday. I mean, I think I think he'll be fine. Like, I think this Goff stuff is gonna quickly subdue to what I you think expect. that offense is is performing. They're performing we're just right talking now. Talking yes, about it before the, the, and they're gonna know, be down almost every game. every single game. He's gonna have to throw the ball. I don't know. I I don't. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I would. <laughs> I'm feeling more and more comfortable by the week uh, with having to make that start. Um, yeah, I mean it's a closer call. It's a close call. Would I, you start I, him or Rodgers? I mean, golf. I, I, Rod, I mean, the Packers haven't I shown think anything. About what he's done in the last four weeks, yeah. I think that's an obvious. Yeah, I think you start Jared Goff. I agree. Ride, I think the, hot, ride the hot hand. Yeah, I think until he lays a clunker. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't be comfortable starting Rodgers right now. Yeah. Um. Let's see, a running back, Jamal Williams is RB6 on the year with his six touchdowns. Uh, the Swift injury obviously helped his usage a little bit this week. And Miles Sanders is up to RB10 on the week. Um, you know, he had a big game yesterday. He's He's been consistently, you know, r- right there. And I think a lot of people started to write him off in the offseason. So a little surprised to see him up there. Um, Christian Kirk is wide receiver 10 on the year, even with the down game he had yesterday. Um, you know, he's getting nine targets a game. So, you know, that's great usage you want to see from him. Uh, and then a tight end, <laughs> Will Disley, tight end nine on the year. Yeah. With uh, three touchdowns he's up to on the year. Yeah. And uh, Moelle Cox with his one useful game is tight end 12 on the year. <laughs> that's, the, that's the landscape of the position there. <laughs> Noah Fant, you have Noah Fant. How do you, I mean... He's getting out snapped every game. How do I by feel? I'm happy that I have Fryermuth at yeah. this point because no offense is uh, an afterthought. Um, or a throw in piece for that trade. At least, yeah. I mean, I thought they like they made the trade. Fan was like the big piece outside of the draft picks they got. You you think they would use him, but then no, they signed Disley to an extension and play him over Noah Fant. And even the third string tight end, Colby Parkinson's playing almost just as much as him there. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. <laughs> He's hopefully, available on waivers if you're interested. Hopefully, he has his best week when I need him for a bye week. About to throw all my fab out there. Uh, good luck. <laughs> all right. We're going to get into a new segment now called the Supreme Court of Dynasty. 
So uh, what this segment is, it'll be one of us arguing. Well, in today's scenario, it'll be for a certain player. Um, and then the, another one of us arguing for a different player and who is the better dynasty asset. You know, in other episodes, it might be for and against the same player, but we're going to have two different players tonight. Um, and then the third one of us will be the judge, and he will hear the argument from both sides. Um, here, are, here are facts, here are evidence, our, our takes, all of that. Um, he'll let us each have our side and maybe have some back and forth at the end. And then at, at the end, he will give his ruling based on what was presented uh, and who wins the argument. So uh, tonight, Ryan will be arguing for Jerry Judy. I will be arguing for Cortland Sutton. And Joe will be the judge. The, the honorable. The honorable Joseph B. Peloso will be uh, presiding on this case for us. Um, so, yeah, l- let's get into this. Ryan, I know you have some fancy legal jargon oh, locked up here. So let's, let's go. Into I'm going to keep it fairly simple. Um, uh, however, I would like to take this time to, uh, you know, approach the bench, Your Honor, um, and just, uh, you know, lay down some, some ground rules. Um, I think that we, well, while one of us talks, I think the other one needs to be uh, quiet and listen, and then you can uh, do as you see fit, use your discretion, I think, to, uh, you know, let both of us know when one of us needs to be quiet and the other one needs to talk. I think that'd be beneficial. But, uh, you know, can I kick him out of his own house? Bailiff? I think if that, if need be, I think that should be at your discretion. But, um, yes, so let me start by saying... Um, what you just said, uh, Jamie, that this is an argument for the best dynasty asset, keyword being dynasty. Um, objectively, I think I can say, um, without a doubt that, uh, my client, uh, Mr. Judy is the youngest of the two, um, by, I would say about four years, uh, pretty close to it, maybe three and a half, three and a half to be exact. Um, but uh, I believe uh, at the moment, Jerry Judy is 23 years old um, in our Dynasty League, of which I own him. I currently uh, am expecting big things out of him. But Jamie has Cortland Sutton in our league as well. Cortland Sutton being, I believe, 27 next week, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to reiterate age, uh, Your Honor. 23, and I think it's safe to say 27. Um, So, moving right along, um, I think the other big thing between the two is draft pedigree. Um, I don't think there's any denying um, that Mr. Judy has a stronger pedigree and that he uh, um, came out as the 15th overall draft pick to the Denver Broncos in the 2020 draft um, with... Cortland Sutton going somewhere in the second round. Um, 2.08 in 2018. Okay, so the 40th overall pick? Yes. Okay, so, Your Honor, last time I checked, 40 is a larger number than 15. 15 being sooner in the draft by about 25 picks. Um, So, moving right along, I'd also like to note that my client uh, is a different different measurables than uh mr sutton has um you know i think mr sutton is listed at six three and i don't think he's quite six four what is it i've met six four two three 
I think for the record, I believe he's under six four. I think that was for DLF. Our our common. Oh, so we're not about to have him walk in here and step on the scale, right? And measure him. So we'll go off of whatever. Six three and three quarters. I think we can. We're going to round it. We'll round. Uh, I don't have his weight here. I think it's something like 216 pounds. That's what I just said. Okay. <laughs> and his, I don't have his 40 time. I think it's 4.56. 54. 4.54. That was five, four years ago. Four and okay. Four years ago. So he's gotten older and slower. Understood. <laughs> um, so a little bit, of, my, my client is 6'1", 183 pounds, uh, physically fit, uh, runs a 4'4", 640. Um, so a little bit different in uh, their measurables and their body type. Uh, however, my client makes his bread and butter by running crisp, well-run routes. Uh, runs uh, as good or better than anyone in the NFL. I think I can safely say. Consistently getting open and routinely beating his defensive players that he's up against downfield. Um... I would argue that Mr. Sutton is a bully. He's uh, big. He doesn't get that separation like my client does. I think we all know that. I would love to give you evidence. I, I don't have numbers on that per se. I do have tape that we could watch if we weren't on a podcast that I think would be very clear on who gets separation and who does not. Um, so, you know, while while Mr. Sutton may profile as pro prototypical wide receiver one, as I'm sure Jamie is going to uh, start sprouting off. Um, you know, he has to bully. He can't separate. He's got to, you know, overpower his defenders, if you will. Um, and I don't know that that's always going to work out for him. Um, I would argue that Judy compares very favorably to uh, wide receivers, dare I say, OBJ, Antonio Brown, Stephon Dix, all of these receivers have the something in common with my client, and that's they all win against bigger defensive backs through their pristine route-running ability, seemingly getting open at will. Last I checked, we can roll the tape. My client does the same. Which, which, which other receivers did you compare them to? Odell Beckham Jr., A.B., and Stephon Diggs. Okay, so one of them still playing. Okay. Very bold, Your Honor. Uh, I, would, I would say I made those comparisons, uh, Your Honor, because... Two of those guys are under 6'1", actually under 6 feet. Uh, the other being listed at 6'1", Stefan Diggs. Um, so Cortland Sutton, again, I want to reiterate, on the other hand, not much of a separation guy. He uses his bigger frame to intimidate and bully. Um, in today's society, I think that's frowned upon. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and uh, let me give you some statistics, since my client loves statistics. He loves his statistics over there, so i got to come with some stats here for you. So, the first thing I'm going to say, and we'll, we'll do this uh, quickly if I can. So, Cortland Sutton. What can I say about Cortland Sutton? In 2019, he had 16 games played. I feel like this should be closing arguments. 124, oh, we're getting there. 124 targets, 72 receptions for 1,112 receiving yards, an average uh, yards per catch of 15.4 and six touchdowns that season to top it all off, Your Honor. <sighs> Sounds like a pretty good year. On paper, that looks good, right? He's now in his fifth season. <laughs> Can we take a look at some of his other seasons? 
2018, his rookie year, 16 games played, 84 targets, 42 receptions, 704 receiving yards for an average yards per catch of 16.8 and four touchdowns. Okay. 2021, 17 games played, 98 targets, 58 receptions, 777, 76 receiving yards for an average of 13.4 yards per or catch and two touchdowns. Keep in mind that was the first year with the 17-game season. You'll notice I didn't go to 2020. Uh, Mr. Sutton only played one game. Six targets, three receptions, 66 yards for an average yards per catch of 22 yards and zero touchdowns. You asked me why I just gave you those statistics. Because, Your Honor, Cortland Sutton's career year of 1,112 receiving yards for six touchdowns on 72 receptions looks more likely like an outlier than the norm. Uh, in the two other full seasons, and we'll exclude 2020, uh, that Mr. Sutton played, including 2021, where the NFL now has 17 games total in that season. Cortland Sutton averaged 740 receiving yards for three touchdowns on 91 targets. Just okay. Um, and I would argue that that is more likely to be what we expect from Cortland Sutton. Um, Your Honor, this is all in the past. I would like to just give one more, a couple more statistics. And that being that my client has been in the league two years less. Let's just keep that in mind. And in 2022, we are now at current stats for the year. I'm sure Mr. Battaglia wants to hear this. Uh, my client, four games played, 21 targets, 11 receptions, 183 receiving yards for an average yard per catch of 16.6 yards for two touchdowns. Mr. Sutton? Well, Mr. Sutton has four games played as well. 35 targets, 24 receptions, 343 receiving yards, average yards per catch of 14.3 yards, and a touchdown. You might ask why I'm choosing to end on that, and I'll tell you why right now. Because my client barely played into it. One game he was injured uh, within the first quarter, and which resulted in Mr. Sutton receiving 11 targets, then likely what he would have received had my client been there. My client then came in week three, not up to par, had a rib injury, didn't feel so hot, didn't get as many targets that game either. I believe that was the second highest targets that Mr. Sutton had, being 10. And I think that it's safe to say that had my client uh, played in those games, the targets would be much, much closer, something along the lines of likely 30 targets for my client and likely 28 to 30 targets for Mr. Sutton, I think you would see the stats would be much, much different. Um, the other one thing I forgot that I would like to mention for you as well is stalling, Your Honor. Clock. I'm looking. I think you yield your time. I'll yield, Your Honor. That's fine. Oh. I can let you come back to it. I'll come back to this. This is a good one to end on. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. All right. So uh, where do I begin here? I have so many counterpoints to make to this. As you will. First, I'll start with the age. Judy's going to be 23 and a half later this month. So it's three and a half years, not four years. Difference. Your Honor, Just for the record. For the semantics. record. Semantics. Draft pedigree. I didn't know uh, it matters. 
you know, five years later where you were drafted. Well, three, I don't think, for, three for Judy. Right. So okay. I, don't, I don't think – I mean, Romeo Dobbs, you love him. He's a fourth-round pick. Are you going to compare him uh, less favorably against somebody drafted three years ago or in the, down the road? It's a straw man's argument. That's okay. not what we're talking about okay. currently. I'm just, just want to point that that's out That's not what we're quick. talking about that, currently. That's, that's, that's fair not apply. All right, so uh, you mentioned uh, some numbers here. Let's let's start with this year's numbers. Um, I know I know you used the hurt excuse for one game, and that's fair. He week two he left the game early, so take out that game. And Jerry Judy is wide fourteen points per game, which is good for wide receiver twenty nine on the year on a points per game basis. Uh, Cortland Sutton is at seventeen points per game, and he's at wide receiver fourteen overall on a points per game basis this year. Um, overall basis, Cortland Sutton is currently the wide receiver 11 on the season. Um, that was pending tonight. So I'm sure, I, I don't know if he was ahead or behind of Debo, but might be wide receiver 12 now total. Um, you like to mention his yards per catch for some reason as a strong basis point. Not sure how many yards per catch leagues you play in your honor, but <laughs> Let's talk about fantasy points. Uh, would you say 15 fantasy points is a, a good threshold to measure for a week where you're happy with your starting wide receiver if they get 15 or more points? Your Honor, this is subjective. I can't answer that. This is subjective. Well, making your case to me. Okay, well, uh, it was a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. So don't, you're asking nobody here. Your Honor, this man is playing games. So let's look at number of games in their careers with more than 15 or more fantasy points. Cortland Sutton, uh, overall, in his 54 total games played in his career, 14 games, so about one every 3.8 games. Uh, once every 3.8 games, he has over 15 fantasy points. Jerry Judy, in his 30 career games played, three games with more than 15 fantasy points, one every 10 games. Found that very interesting. Um, you know, Ryan mentions Judy's crisper routes and his ability to get open, but I don't see in 30 career games, which is a pretty sizable sample, that that has paid off yet at a fantasy football level. Maybe uh, maybe you think fantasy points can be a little fluky. If they're, you know touchdowns thrown in there, they could be fluky if you're on a bad team. Like the Broncos were the past couple of years, that can affect it. So how about we just look at 80 yards receiving in a game instead? Uh, Cortland Sutton has reached that threshold 11 times in 54 games. So once just under every five games, Jerry Judy has done this twice in his career in 30 games. I'd like to know why 80 receiving yards versus 75 receiving yards versus 70 receiving yards versus 90 receiving yards. This seems to me like you're skewing these to meet your statistics. You're skewing statistics to meet your end goal. You could have picked 50 yards and skewed it your way. Say what, say what you will, but I mean, 80 points, that's or 80 yards a game. Um, that's on pace for about a 1,300-yard season in the current 17-game schedule. So I, I figured that as a decent threshold to measure here. Um, my Alec Pierce nugget earlier was Alec Pierce has done that once in three career games. Just, you know, fun fact, unrelated to the case. I'm about to ruin you with statistics. Uh, how, about, how about fantasy points per game? That's important, right? Uh, this one's a little closer. Sutton is at 11 points per game in his career, and Judy's at 
Um, but let's look at, so Judy's only played 30 games. Let's look at Cortland Sutton's first 30 games. Uh, 11.5, so fantasy points per game in his first 30 games compared to the 9.7 for Judy. So um, the number is even higher in Sutton's first 30 games compared to his career. Now, I know, I know another argument you can make is the quarterback play in Denver. Here some of the quarterbacks they've had before this year with Russell Wilson. Last year they had Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, in 2020, it was mostly Drew Locke. Um, and I think there was uh, Brett Ripien and maybe Jeff Driscoll each started the game as well. Uh, 2019, this is pre-Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton was working with Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brandon Allen. And in 2018, it was Case Keenum. Also, Sutton had some other wide receivers to deal with in his first two years in the league. Uh, he had Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in 2018. And he still had Emmanuel Sanders as the top option there in 2019. Uh, so it wasn't he didn't come out of the gates as the top target. Unlike in 2020... Cortland Sutton goes down week one with a torn ACL. There, I mean, Jerry Judy is playing uh, with or competing in for his targets in his rookie year uh, with guys like Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. A little bit of a different competition than going against uh, Manuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. So, uh, given that the fact that Judy has or Sutton has outscored Judy two points per game in their first thirty games, I find that pretty significant. The quarterback situation was not better for one than the other at any point, and if anything, the wide receiver competition was tougher for Sutton his first two years in the league. Um, another thing you mentioned Ju- Judy's uh, separation and route running. Uh, have you ever noticed that he doesn't look very coordinated a lot of the time when subjective. it comes to what does that mean? You're, I feel like I your can point show you was tape. You're going to show me tape that says he's, yes. he's uncoordinated and NFL football players. Uncoordinated. I, I think that's part of the reason the production is not, has not been there for him. Your honor. Can we just, but whatever you, you want to talk about, you were able to talk about Sutton being a bully. He could say he's uncoordinated. I've seen Colton Sutton do unspeakable things. Such as? Bully smaller defensive backs. That's what you're supposed to do as a big receiver. Your Honor, it's babbling now at this point. I would love to to do this all night, but some of us have. One other thing on Judy's routes, I feel like they were quicker developing than your points tonight, at least. Nobody cares. <laughs> let me let me explain to you. You never start an argument with how you feel. Nobody cares how you feel. Second of all, if I can begin my rebuttal, Your Honor, uh, let me explain why every statistic you just said means Jack. Nothing. Fantasy points. Every nothing. stat you just said is overinflated, and all he did was prove my point. He walked right into it, Your Honor, and proved my point that... That fantasy points don't matter. If you take out 2019, it's an outlier. Your Honor, it's, it's a fable that he's telling right now. He, he bloats these statistics by with his little statistics... Of all the games that he's played, he's played two seasons longer, Your Honor. And he's putting his best year in there of 1,100 receiving yards in there to overinflate his statistics. This is very obviously what's happening. Everything he just said I already mentioned when I said, oh, this looks more like an outlier than the norm. And I was right. And let me prove to you why I'm right with statistics as my uh, counterpart here. Uh, 
loves to so talk about. 2021 statistics show that when Judy played, he was consistently the wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. Do you want to know why? Cortland Sutton didn't play. After week, when he played week one. <laughs> are, we, are we really having this argument? He was the wide receiver one. 2021, he went down from weeks two all the way till he started in week eight. Cortland Sutton performed from week two through week seven. When he came back from week eight through week 18, Jerry Judy finished ahead of Cortland Sutton in fantasy points while they both played together in every single week but weeks 15 and 18 last year because Jerry Judy was the number one wide receiver when he played. <sighs> These stats, Your Honor, are... What were uh, Judy's stats on the year Sutton was out? He averaged 10.2 fantasy points per game. Um... He had 52 catches for 856 yards. What did Sutton do that year? Uh, he was injured, so he... Well, he wasn't injured. In Weeks 2020, we're talking about 2020. Joe asked about 2020. I can give you 2020 right here, Your Honor. I just told him. I've misunderstood the... Yep. I think I misworded it. Did you want 21? Yeah. Uh, Judy had... That was 30... his rookie year. No, la- you. last year, 2021, Judy had 38 for 467. And how many did Sutton have? How, how many points did Sutton have? He had 58 catches for 776 yards. And how, many, points, more, points, how many more games did he play? How about points per game? How many more games did he play than Judy? Seven. I already told you who had more fantasy points. Not per game. Because they can play the same amount of games, it's going to be different. No, it's not. Per game. You don't get a zero. You're not counting a zero. Yeah, for not counting. The, that's not one. No, you're missing. Sutton, Sutton had eight, what I'm saying. Because you're saying Sutton played without Judy for seven games. I no, see, I know what you're saying. I already gave you the statistics. I gave you the stick from weeks eight through 18 when they both played together. And one receiver outscored the other receiver in every single week except two. None of them were good last year. You want to talk about fantasy matter. points, my friend. Yeah, I do. And you just got smoked. How about this? Can I counter here? Yes. Good can luck. We, can we shut him up? You can't. Uh, Sutton averaged 8.8 points per game last year. Judy only 8.5. It was close, but they were both bad last year. That's that's fact. They were both not good. You couldn't start either of them last year. That's not what we're arguing. We're arguing I'm who's the better dynasty asset. I know. I know. And who was the better dynasty asset when they played together? Can I make my point? You want to take out Sutton's outlier, as you call it, year in 2019. Uh, so I just did the math on this. Uh, he still had... Eight games of more than 15 fantasy points, um, if you take out 2019. So that's about, not of 38 total games, not counting 2019. So that's almost, it's about one out of every five games compared to Judy's one out of every 10. Uh, and more than 80 yards in a game, uh, it's still six out of 38 for Sutton compared to two out of 30 for Judy. How about we go back to 2021 statistics of when they both played together? Because... The way I see it, this is the most recent. We want to go. Right. More, we want to How go about this recent? year? It's small sample size, but it's extremely small sample size. And my client was out for what essentially amounted it's to a two to- games. The team is a totally different landscape this year than last year too. There's no shit quarterbacks playing. It's Russell Wilson. Eight through eighteen, Judy finished ahead of Courtney Suns in so fantasy much. points every week, but weeks fifteen and eighteen. And you want to know what he beat him by? I believe he beat him by like one point in each one of those weeks. It wasn't, Your Honor. Let me reiterate. It's too bad Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke this aren't is there the to best, keep This is the going. best dynasty asset we're talking about. Even if some of this of 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 Council's uh, stats are factual, maybe factual. <laughs> you're talking. This is like a big brother and a little brother, and the little brother is consistently beating the big brother. The big brother should be beating him at times. The big brother 
is is not the wide receiver one in his own offense last year. Last but I checked, brother's putting up better numbers. When? Every year. Not like last a, year. You know, eight point eight points per game to eight point five. Sutton had eight point eight points per game last year. Weeks eight through eighteen. I didn't count the Judy weeks. Judy outscored Sutton. Okay. On the season per game, Sutton outscored Judy. I, we're arguing semantics about what facts matter more. 23. He's 23 years old, my friend. I, I understand. The age, the age is the one thing he does have going for him. I can see the, the age argument. I That's, would also argue he has the fact going for him that he's the wide receiver one. I, I don't see it. He's the, ever the been numbers the are skewed one. this year. He missed a whole game, essentially. Okay, per game. He's still, and he came back, and they were going to, you know. Per game, he's still behind Sutton. He wouldn't. Okay. Thank you. You agreed. I don't agree. I disagree. Uh, all, right, la- all, last, right, all right. All right. Lastly, one quick point. What do you mean? You don't get a lastly. Ma- the masses tend to agree with me. DLF ADP as of September. Sutton was uh, 41 overall. Judy, 54. That's, that's my that last mean, point. Who, know, who cares about the masses? The masses, okay. the masses jumped off a bridge. You do too? Maybe. Okay. It sounds fun. All right. Judge, your decision, please. I would say if I was rebuilding or any type of non-competitive team, I would definitely have Judy on that team over Sutton because of the age factor. Sutton is definitely more of a competitive trying to win now with that age window. But over the statistics that you both have given me, I would say that the better dynasty player at this point is Sutton. God damn it! This bullshit. I just, what are you talking about? Your, your takes on Sutton right now today. Yeah. You're an idiot. If I was competing, like... If you're competing, you just said you'd take him if you were rebuilding. Yeah, I get it. If you're competing, if you're... I get preferring Judy if you're in a rebuild. But... This is... If you did a dynasty startup today... Okay. Who do you take? That's That's what he he just said, then. That's not what he just said. He said if you was in a rebuild. You're not speaking for the judge. If it was a startup, I would take Sutton over Judy. Because you're probably going to get the value, because in a startup, I don't care what the ADP says, you'll probably probably be a little bit later, because everybody goes youth. And he's still going to perform for many years, just like Judy will. You're wrong. Judy had one game in his first 26 games, born 15 fans. When Judy games. played alongside Cortland Sutton, he outperformed him. What are you not understanding about that statistic? It's the points per game that got me. The points per game is what got you? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank God neither then, one of you. How many times has Sutton hit, what, was it over 80 yards? Yeah. 11 compared to... Three. three two for two. Judy. Yes. I tried, Jerry. Well, this was this was fun. At least we got to go back and forth there, and I don't. We'll have to make some tweaks. Yeah, we we can definitely adjust this going forward. Well, that's gonna that's gonna be a wrap for tonight, guys. We'll we'll, we'll do that segment again in the future for sure. Um, but yeah, that was fun. All right, we'll talk to y'all next week.